you're talking, Mac 10's being sprayed in the club in the, in the air. One day you might just see a big car woof, come flying down your street and someone will go, oh that's them. You're talking, shootouts happening, bullets flying past your head and you turn on the avenue and there's 60, 70 people, 15 cars, yeah, bulletproof vests, balaclavas on heads and they're pat, 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 pat. Honestly bro, these guys are like action heroes, these are big boys. Next thing bro, fast forward, I'm 16, 17 and I'm around them. At the age of 18, I got an Osman warning by the police, which basically was a warning that my life was in danger. When police get intelligence that somebody wants to kill you. Paul Kelly, who was also in the UFC, came to me and said, listen lad, I'll never forget, he said, you're gonna be a world champion lad. Yeah. <laughs> in his scouse accent. <laughs> and then prison happened. Three days after I had the second fight um, was when we was caught in possession of a firearm. You're around killers, murderers, kidnappers, robbers. You are around the real ones. And a shot was fired that ricocheted off the floor and hit him in his belly. That was one of the worst. That was one of the worst moments of my life. Our champion today is one with no ordinary story. Kane was born in the streets of Manchester with no father figure. He quickly fell into a crowd that encouraged gunfights, war, crime, shootouts and death. And then reality hit. He was arrested with a handgun, a silencer, ammunition in the back of the car. And it begs a question. Can anyone turn a life around after that? I don't know. But we're here to find out. Kane, welcome to the show. I think you've been quite open and honest in public about your story. 100%. It's, it's a wild story to be so open and honest about. Yeah. But am I right in saying age 23 you were uh, you've just won a fight 20 i was 21 you literally turned 22 right okay just literally just turned 22 yes. you'd won a fight you came home the biggest fight of my life biggest fight of your life i'd literally nearly lost the fight like yeah. it was you know obviously i was training at Wolfslayer and everything around michael bisbin rampage jackson these are ufc stars mm. and i had the fight but I had a fight in Liverpool and it was a massive fight and I had about 250 people from Manchester drive down. Right. And this was my second professional fight at the time. Mm -hmm. But what happened was I had that fight. I nearly got beat. Right. I was... Is that it, when it was like taking your ligaments? You was ripping your ligaments on the fight, was that? Oh no, that was a different was one. Was that a different one? Okay, go that on. That was later down the line. Okay. Um, this one was, I fought a guy called Andy McGurgan um, from Liverpool. He was a prospect. And basically, I had everyone come down, but these times I'm boisterous. I'm like, I've got no fear whatsoever. I've gone in this fight and this guy was beating me up. He took me down, did things to me in the cage that I'd never experienced before. And he took me down and he was elbowing me <clears throat> and he took me to his corner. Yeah. He actually picked me up, took me over, <laughs> yeah, on his shoulder, took me to his corner, slammed me on the floor. And I'll never forget a guy called Jason Tan. His coach was like, we've got him now, Andy. Just keep him here with us. We're going to destroy him you now. You hear him? Yeah, I was. In the case, he's in, I'm in his corner. Yeah. And all I can hear is, this is my second fight, mate. It's wild, yeah. yeah? All I can hear is, we've got him now, Andy. 
Let's keep him here. We're going to destroy him. That feels creepy. Bro, imagine <laughs> me movie. in that situation. I'm panicking, <laughs> thinking, yo, these guys are going to try and kill me. Yeah, so he was elbowing me in my face. I remember the elbows, boom, boom. And I'm thinking, wow. And I just looked up and I've just looked into the crowd and I see my mum in the crowd, bro. You actually see, you see your mum in that moment. In that moment, I was getting elbowed in my face yeah. and I've looked up and I've seen my mum in the crowd looking right. down at me. And how did that feel? It filled me with embarrassment. Right. Because I was getting beat mm. and I just like gathered some energy from nowhere. I just kicked him, bang, kicked him, jumped up, started punching him and I flew back to my corner. I thought, fucking get me out of that corner, mate. Yeah. I'm getting back to my yeah. corner. And I just changed the tide of the fight, mate. And I just destroyed him. Second round, took him down, punched him up. Yeah. Third round, cranked him up. He's, at the end of the fight, he looked like an alien, mate. There's a picture that I had and his, his head was like an alien. Right. And I just had my hand in the air and I looked up at the crowd and I said, Gee. yeah. You know, and then that was my big, that's why I say one of my biggest moments because three days after that, I was arrested. Because that's the point I was getting to. You At that point, you're MMA. You're, you've got a career that's... It's going up from that point. Big fight, excellent. big stage, it's excellent. I've been promised by the UFC, come back over um, because I went to the UFC Ultimate Fighter at the time. Yeah. And the UFC said to me, if you go and build your pro record up, mm. um, we will we will take you in for the next Ultimate Fighter. So that was me now in my head. I'm like, right, okay, I need to win You've three fights. Path. I had a career path. Then you, did, you said you got arrested. And then in that moment, do tell me if I'm wrong, but that arrest meant that you had a, a handgun with a silencer and rounds of ammunition. Yes. Is that correct? That's correct. And how old was you, 22? 22. 22. The thing that gets me is how did you get to that position? Like that moment, because obviously you've got a loaded weapon, something that can kill a human, yeah. cause a lot of damage. Yes. How? What mindset was it that got you there? The reality of the whole situation is the environment that I grew up in was very hostile. There was murders, there was killings. Yeah. Um, and just before we started, we spoke about, you know, this um, this black mentality of pers personality type, which yeah. is the leader. Uh, for me, it was, you know, I'd always been a leader. Um, I learned from a friend of mine, like someone that I looked up to. And at that present moment, I wanted to pursue my fight career. But what I did in that situation was I, it was kind of like that situation for me was a parting gift. And it might sound crazy to yourself, but it was a parting gift because I was going to pursue my fight career. But I had friends that were heavily immersed at the time. And I've always said as a person that I will always protect my people, you mm -hmm. know. People talk about, you know, gang violence and, and, and people killing each other. I fully understand and I respect that it's wrong. And But at the time, at my age and the person I was, yeah. that was all I knew was my friends that, that are like my family. My friends are my family. I will die for my friends because my friends, I'm a, this is all I've got now. These are my friends. Yeah. At the time with the, the, the gang wars that we were involved in, I felt like we was being attacked and I felt like we was always defending ourselves. Um, so for me... <clears throat> I felt if I go and pursue my fight career, because everyone was telling me I was going to be a, a, a champion, I had all the all the, all the um, signs of a, of a prospect in the gym. I was 
beating everybody. I was always on, on time. I was doing the extra sessions. I was doing the extra work. I had the personality. I had the character. I was boisterous. Mm. So I got pulled by my coach and he said, listen, if you focus now, we can turn you into, into a world champion. Into right? a star. Into a superstar. I said to myself, I need to focus on this, but I don't want to leave my brothers without anything. Yeah. So that actual situation was me getting something to give to my people and say, look, protect yourselves. Right, so you was getting like a weapon to go and give to you. So my, that's still a crazy mentality to be in. Yeah, that, because that. it's a survivalist and we was in a war. But help paint that picture. I know you might not be able to give some details, but like be open as honest as we can. Yeah, of course. Like, I think, what, what was your childhood like? Like, because... I just, it's hard to fathom how the fact that you're, you're talking like gang, war, like this is all out, this is death or nothing. This is, this is ride or die. This is, this is kill or be killed. This is, yeah. if you don't do it, they're going to do it. And if they do it, then you take a loss. And if you lose, then you lose your loved ones. But like, that's what I mean. That's such a scary thought because to a lot of people, that's not like a, a normality. But to you, that is. And to some people, it will be too. Yeah. Um, And like, so you're Kane, you're five years old. Like yeah, you're starting okay. in your first memories. Okay. What what's that like? What's your childhood like? I had an amazing family. Mm-hmm. I had no father. Right. So I had no father figure. I only had my mother and all my aunties. I had a big family. So yeah. I was blessed in a way because there's people now that grow up with the mum, no siblings, no dad. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't I'm not my upbringing was great. It was I was blessed. I was always a happy child. My mm-hmm. mother is an amazing woman. Mm-hmm. She did both roles. She was very stern, but very loving and very caring at the same time. Right. Um, I had a big family, so I had a lot of cousins. Yeah. And we were the Mooses. Well, we are the Mooses. Mm. We, were, we were a big family and we were families respected. In, in, in the culture of our areas, in, yeah. in, in, in where we come from, you know, family names is a, is, is a big thing as well. Mm. So the Mooses are a big family. Yeah. So everybody knows our family and you know my my granddad was a proud African who looked after his family. My nana died when I was a baby. She was Irish. My granddad's Nigerian. Mm. So we got a mad mix of blood in us, you know. <laughs> that's why my my mum and my aunties are all fiery, fiery strong, independent yeah. women. Um and none of the fathers for my cousins, none of them yeah. were present. So we were all raised by women. Okay. But very strong, independent, family orientated yeah. women. And f- at the age of five, this was before my little sister was born. It was just me and my mum. I have vague memories, but I always remember my mum would always, you know, she would discipline me at, at the same time, you know, single woman, stressed. Now I've had children, I actually understand, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. and especially a young boy like me. If 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 I was anything like my boys, I can understand why there was times when I got an eye in. Yeah. Um, but always protected, yeah. always loved. But just that absence of father, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't really know at the time how I felt about it. I just knew that any time a father came around, I was in awe of him. Yeah. Of his presence. You know, if, if my mum ever said, your dad's coming, I'd be like, wow, like dad's coming. I'm buzzing. Do you know? Do you know your dad? I know him, but me and my dad don't speak. Okay. I've got no respect for my father. Fair enough. I've got no hatred for him. I don't carry hatred for anybody. 
but I've got no love or respect for my father. My father um, relinquished his um, his is is right to call me his son if mm -hmm. I if I say because. I've got children. I will do everything in my power to make sure my presence is always felt. Whether it's not there 100%, I will make sure I'm always in their life and I always show them love. I hug them, I, I kiss them and I let them mm -hmm. know that daddy loves them. My dad never did that. Right. Uh, but, you know, he was a young man. I had children at the age of 33. He had children very young. How, how young? Um, well, he would have been about 20 when he had me. Right, okay, so very Very young. young but as time went on and age progressed i'm talking this man's not changed at all yeah he's a narcissist okay okay um he would come around he'd talk bad about my mum mm -hmm. you know but because i was in so so much awe of him i would never really challenge well i was too young and too scared to even challenge it's quite a complex you're still wanting a dad reality is that children want the parents of course regardless of who they are even if you hate them mm -hmm. like you still have a belonging you want you want a family and you look you compare to other people too and the and the comparison is where, you know, as I got older, the comparison was where it started to hit me a little bit. I found myself so there'd be football games where there's no there's no one there's no dad there. Yeah. You know, and I'd look around and my friends' dads would be there with their with their with you know with them. It's a really hard moment, like playing yeah. football, maybe scored a goal. Or something. Yeah, like there's no one cheering you on, you know. And I feel like as I grew from started to grow now, so I'm you know nine ten. Mm -hmm. Um, running around the streets, playing with the kids around my area. There'd be street fights. When you say kids around the area, what type of the area was it? Was so like... we were raised in Rushome originally. I was born and raised in Rushome. Okay. Um, and I was on a small estate and mm. there was, you know, a lot of boys, young, boisterous boys, a lot of alpha males. But these are, these are what you call your, um, these are your troublesome kids. Okay. Right? Where, you know, they'll run on an estate and we had some, it was crazy because you had a council estate, but then there was these posh houses. Right. And for some for some reason, we just smashed the windows all the time. <laughs> We'd throw stones and smash people's windows. But was, we, it, was it because of something you didn't have? I don't know. Probably, but it was just because they were, yeah, maybe, but they were just big glass windows and they had like different colour panes of glass in yeah. there. And I don't know, it might have been a little yeah. bit of envy or dot. I don't know. I can't actually say yeah. what it was. It's just that we just found it. We were just naughty kids. I get it. Yeah. You know, we just, it was that environment of, but then there'd be fights, mm. you know, fights and always getting challenged and always constantly having to defend yourself. Um, But, you know, I had a strong mum and if, I, if, 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 if it got too far, I always knew that I could go home and my mum would, my mum would probably come out with a kitchen knife if someone was attacking me. Really? She wouldn't do nothing to yeah. nobody, but I'm saying like, if someone's hitting her son, she's a, yeah. a single woman and if there's, boys that are fighting with me she'll come out to defend me at, like on at any cost yeah. and where, where do you think this like this fighting point came from like where did that come from was it just from school maybe being with the wrong crowd or it might, it might have been what to you was the right crowd but what where do you think that innate feeling to just have those fights in school came from it, like i said for me i've always been um i've always been boisterous but i feel like i've never been an initiate of an actual of like fights, I've never been like an initiator of fights and that's yeah. carried through to who I am now. So I'd always defend myself. So I'd always be getting getting picked on, mm. you know, by the older ones. Cause I was always youngest. They used yeah. to call me Snotty Nose Kane. <laughs> How, what's, when's your birthday? First of June, I'm a Gemini. First of June. So yeah, the younger side of the year. Yeah, I'm the younger side of the year, but I was always the youngest anyway. Yeah. 
um, and used to call me Snotty Nose Kane. And I was like the youngest one. I was like the little brother. Yeah. So it was never like, it was never, it was all love. Yeah. But when it's time for someone to get it, it would probably be me. Right, okay. So I'd always have to be like, I'd get t told like, right, Kane, um, Michael wants to fight you now in the pack. I'm thinking, yeah. Michael's one of the older twins and I'm thinking, right, I've got to go and fight him. And my cousin's like, right, come on, you got to fight him. I'm thinking, shit myself, thinking, fucking hell. Yeah. Got to go and fight him and we'd have to have fights in the park and, you know, sometimes I'd do all right and I'd be buzzing. I'd come back and I'd, uh, you know, I'd be like, yeah, I did all right. And I feel like that there was kind of the building blocks. So essentially the wrong decisions, maybe. I feel like not necessarily at that time. I feel like they were the building blocks for my character of strength and, okay. and resilience. Yeah. And then everything changed. I moved to an area called um, Fallowfield. I know the, Fallowfield. Yeah, Fallowfield. Um, that was based on the situation where there was an argument and um, my mum, she got stabbed in the back by a neighbour with a potato peel over, over computer games that I must have borrowed off someone. It was just... Sometimes situations get chaotic in yeah. the environments and um, there was an argument and somebody stabbed my mum in the back and then we ended up leaving the street and moving to an area called Fallowfield. And that's when I, you know, um, moved into a different area and that's when I got involved in the gangs. Okay, and how did that start? So the gang situation was basically, I've always been into loads of different things. Coming like as a, I've always been into loads of different sports. Yeah. So this story about how I got involved in the gangs was basically I used to do inline skating. So I yeah. used to skate on ramps. I used to be really good. I used to go to skate parks, vert ramps. You know, yeah. I was I was really good on the skates, alley-oop, fish brains, topside acid. I used to have all the moves. That's cool. Yeah, let's I used not, to love skating. Like, yeah. let's, not, let's, let's not get it twisted. Spine yeah. ramps. I was good on the <laughs> spine ramps. I had, I had some good. You know, and um, I roller hockey. I used to play ice hockey, roller hockey. Right. But then what happened was I I started to go down a bit of like the not the mosher route, but I was chilling I with the chilling with the with the skaters, the skateboarders, and there was a under 18s rave in Bowlers. So you know where Bowlers yeah, is, yeah. right? So you're talking now when I was 16, 15? Yeah, fifteen. We were going to the under-18s rave. I, I I remember those things. I loved, yeah, I loved them. You in school, you were turning up. Bro, listen. You'd go with the boys and all the girls are All there. the girls are there. How many girls did you kiss? <laughs> yeah. What did you get up to? I took around the back of the curtain. What was you up to? You know, all of that. It was it was, it was, was a great time. Yeah. <sighs> but the thing was, I ended up going with my skateboarder mates. Mm. And the transition for me was... I was in the rave. I was in the rave, and you had like ha like house music, and then you had garage music, mm. um, which garage music's a lot more urban, a lot more around my areas. You know, a lot of black guys, MC rappers, yeah. and there was two rooms. There was two separate rooms, right? And there was the house room where all the techno and the house music is, okay. and then you had the garage room, and there was just two totally different contrasts of people. Two crowds. Et two totally different yeah. crowds. And what happened was I dipped my head into the garage room and I seen all the boys from around my area, right. all the older ones. And they were like, yo, Kane, what are you saying? Yeah. And I had ripped cargoes with holes in the knees and whole different style. And they're coming up to me like, yo, what are you doing, bro? Yeah. Like, what are you wearing? Like, like, bro, come in here with us. Yeah. Like you're chilling with us. And I, and I was, I was impressionable at that age. And these mm. were the older ones from my area. 
<clears throat> so one since Belongo most. Yeah, just th- these were the cool kids, bro. Yeah, I get it. These were the cool. I was 15 and my mates, we were cool. And I was cool. We were cool within our own right. But these were different level. When I seen these guys now, these are all wearing sprayway jackets, low alpine hats, mm. like nice fitted, clean looking. And I looked and I thought, whoa. And then next thing, I'm going into this room and they're on the mic. And the MC and then everyone's going, yeah. And I'm thinking, yo. People want to be them. I'm getting goosebumps from yeah. reminiscing about it. And I'm like, no, mate, you got one room where it's techno and you're just running around chasing girls. Like, <laughs> like nothing's really happening. You're just jumping around. But then you got this other room, bro. Guys are on the mic, MCing. I have my boy Marcus. Hey, um, I'm hot, hot, hot like fire. Don't touch me, you burn your finger. Light up a spliff right off my shoulder. And I'm looking at him. And all the girls are cheering for him. He's on the stage. Mm. Now, this is where I started to look and say, okay, there's actually stardom from the area that I'm from. This guy now has got everybody screaming. And he looked cool. He had his um, green and black sprayway jacket on with his matching utility um, fitted Tracksuit with a low alpine hat with the flip over. He had it and he just had it low and he just was swagging on the mic. Everyone yeah. was loving him. And I looked and I thought, wow. Did you see him as like a role model? He was my role model. I've, I've, I've now got his name. He got murdered in the end. Okay. I've got his name on my arm. So at that present moment, I looked at somebody and I seen somebody and I thought, wow. Yeah. I want to be him. And I you- want to be like him. And for me, I knew Marcus. Marcus originally was from Russia. He moved to Fallowfield. So he did earlier that. than me. Did a similar thing. He, he, but I knew Marcus. Yeah. But he, they were like they were the big boys at them times, and then they moved to Fallowfield. So I didn't really see them for a bit. Okay. Then my mum got stabbed. Then we moved to Fallowfield. But then when we moved to Fallowfield, I started chilling with my skateboarder mates. So I didn't really interact with that part of Fallowfield. Okay. So me going to bowlers now brought me into that into that synergy with them. And they see me as one of theirs. Because you, you were back in the day from when you was kids. Yeah, they know me. I'm yeah. Kane, this is your from where we're from. Like, mm. you're coming with us type of thing. Yeah. And then when I've gone in this rave and I've seen them emceeing on the mic and I'm looking, I'm thinking, wow. And then, to be fair with you, probably about three events later, I was on the mic. Really? That quick? Bro, I adapt. Yeah. And like, I was on the mic now. Hey, I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you for listening and give one of you loyal listeners a chance to win a year-long supply of Furosity to show appreciation for all your support. To enter, all you need to do is subscribe to our podcast on your favourite streaming platform and share your favourite episode on social media. But don't forget to tag us so we can see it. We really do appreciate you and thank you for listening. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm spitting lyrics. It's all freestyle. Right. Like this is all freestyle. And you spit lyrics before? Is this like a thing? Never spat okay. a lyric in my life. Okay. <laughs> right? I just watched these guys and I seen them. And I had my mate Dan well, my older, there was Marcus and Daniel. These were the two kings at that time. Right. right? And they were on the mic and Endo, I'll never forget it. He had it. It's the each with the L O Shadish with the O. When I'm on a Mac, I'm gonna lose control, knock you out with my left elbow. And I was like, yo. <laughs> but he had he just had a, his 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 ability to navigate on the stage and have people pointing at people mm. and everyone going crazy. I was like, okay. So I'd always watch people mm. and learn. So I thought, right. There was one day I was like, Kane, you need to get on the mic now. I was like, oh. I was like, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And it was, when I say the most nerve wracking 
thing to do mm. stepping up on that on that stage after you've seen the the big boys do it and but this is why I love the people that we that that I grew with and this is where we started to develop this bond of love because it was arm round my neck mm. yo you can do this get on the mic and yeah. I jumped on the mic one day I've stepped up the lights are on everyone's there and I'm thinking ah and I could see Marcus is on the mic spitting. Yeah. And I'm thinking, wow, he's going to pass me the mic in a minute. He's going to pass me the mic. He's going to pass me the mic. And I'm thinking, wow, I'm going to do it. And I just got on the mic and I just went, yo, yo, it's 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 Musa. Get ready, people, yeah? And I just went, when I say Mila Mila Musa, you say, yeah, yeah. Mila Mila Musa, yeah, yeah. Mila Mila Musa. And they all just started saying it. And all of a sudden you're getting like, wow. I'm Bro. All of a sudden, the endorphin. Now I understand what we chase, okay? Because yeah. I've I've done research, understand about dopamine and endorphin. Yeah. The endorphin and dopamine release that I got from that was the fuel. Now, now you've woken, you've mm. woken me up. Now it's like a drug. Yeah, you've given me this drug and this taste. Now I'm addicted, and that's where things you was chasing now that. we're talking i'm telling you you're opening up the pathways and i'm understanding that is where it started okay that is where the obsession for glory to win came from because i felt the endorphin release and i looked in people's eyes and i could feel the aura that i was that i was projecting out and that i was developing and this is where the transition happened because what happened was I wanted the limelight and the hype was there. Mm. And then we would leave and a, and, and a situation happened that night. On, can't say if it was the first time I got on the mic, probably like the sec, second, third time I got on the mic because I was coming every week now. I mean, not every week, it was once or twice a month. But every time the event was on, I was getting on the mic. Yeah. And then there was, an, there was a situation where we would all walk from bowlers all the way sometimes all the way to town or we'd walk and get on a bus. That's a long walk, to, right? Yeah, from Trafford Centre, well, near Tra Bowlers to, yeah. to town or we'd walk down towards um, Old Trafford and we'd jump on a bus right. to Manchester Piccadilly yeah. and then we'd go to, we'd, I'll tell you about, we would go to raves straight from there. All right. So this is me now being immersed and don't forget we would have stolen cars. So I was not stealing the cars we come out and all the olders would be in cars. Boom. Um, Scirocco's, um, Mitsubishi Colts. Yeah. And I've been getting on buses, skateboarding with my mates, just like walking, that's walking because that's what we did. And then next thing, you know, I'm with the boys and we're jumping in. Some of them weren't stolen. We were jumping in bought cars that, you know, and, but there was one event where we were all walking back and there was a fight that happened. Okay. And this fight was with another gang a, a set of boys from a different area who were associated to the other gang okay. and the boys that i were with their family was one side of the gang yeah and the boys that they had the fight with was from the other side mm -hmm. and then what happened was there was a fight that happened with some of my people but it wasn't i wasn't the initiator of it i was just walking next thing i'm seeing a scrap and then mm. the fighting and i'm hearing this person's fighting with that person and it's like gone and and it got it it was like whoa it's gone off yeah but then after it we then would go after that situation we went to a rave and we go to town and fights were just normal 
Like scraps, people fighting, everyone shouting mayhem all over. That's just what we grew up with now. I've told you, as yeah. you know, coming through the upbringing, fights are normal. Then we go to town and with 50 of us, we'd go to a club and we'd prize the back doors open and all my friends' uncles were in the old, like the proper raves and we'd all run through and we'd get chased by security. Next thing, we'd all just find ourselves and then we'd all come together and then we're in this jungle rave. So we've gone from being in an under-18s rave to an older rave. To now in the big man rave and I'm with the big, I'm with their olders now. No, so, so there's get, hierarchies. You're almost chasing that dopamine hit again. Once not again, caught. not getting caught. You know, no one can't tell us anything. And this is the culture that started to become yeah. what I was now immersed in. And I'm, I'm listening to what you're saying as well. It's like you say, you've got this new role model because you're wanting that glory and you're wanting that fame and something that you've never had. Yeah. But you're almost like ignoring, you've put blinkers on to the bad side. You're coming out and you're seeing these people that are in cars but you're not necessarily asking the questions of how, or you might know, but you're a bit like, well, I didn't do it. You're not even bothered. You're just like, oh, now I'm getting a car, and I'm like, I didn't have this before. I, I didn't have this. Now. I'm rolling with my friends. I'm in the back of a car, yeah. you know, they're smoking weed, there's music playing, there's girls in the back of the car. I'm like 16, 17 yeah. now. But like I said, there was a fight that happened, and that fight was the spark to um, our, our, our war that we okay. ended up being involved in. So and when you was with that group and you're saying war, was you like we are a gang? Is that the word? No, nah, we was used? just we was just at that time we was just the boy, we were just the boys from Fallowfield. You just mates. We were just mates. Okay. We were all chilling, and it wasn't necessarily. It was after the um, initial fight happened. Then what happened that sparked a reaction. Okay. Um, and there was an attack on some of the guys from my area through from some of the guys that the fight was with. Like a targeted attack? A targeted attack. They came around our area, they got one of the guys, one of my mates, and they punched him up and they took his trainers off him. Yeah. Because they were like, nah, we're buying, and we actually want them, so they actually robbed his trainers. So he then come to us, yeah. like, yo, them guys have just come, they've just smacked me up, they've took my trainers. And, and that's when now, for me, it was like, oh, it's on. There's a, there's a situation where I was, it wasn't necessarily clear cut that we couldn't go into what we call obviously Side at the time. We were Fallowfield and there was Side. It mm. wasn't clear cut that we couldn't go into Side at the time. But then there was one day when I used to always go through Side. There was one day when I rid into Side and I got caught by these guys. By yourself? On my own. Okay. And these guys now had ballets, clavers on. There was six, seven of them on bikes and they were coming to Fallowfield. Right. And they surrounded me. And at that time I was on my own. And this is where my ability to adapt into situations came in. Cause my my little sister's dad, he used to be one of the guys in my side that used to do a bit of a bit of wheeling and dealing. Mm -hmm. And he had a bit of a name. So what instantly, as soon as they've surrounded me, I've gone, they're like, right, yeah, you were with them man that night. You were with them man that night. Yeah. Yeah. You're getting it. So I've gone. I'm thinking, I'm shitting myself. I'm thinking, I'm about to get beat up. There's no, no, 100%. I'm about to get smacked up instantly. Yeah. So I've gone, yeah, my dad's, my, my dad's Nico. And instantly they were all confused. And they went, well, listen, listen, you go back and tell them, man, it's on in it, bro. It's on from now. So he was like the messenger then. I was the messenger then. So then I've gone back and told my boys, like, yo, they've done that to him. They've just seen me. And it's on now. Right. 
And then what happened was, I think they went and um, a house got smashed up. They smashed up one of our, 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 my, my boys' houses. Right. And it was like, right, what are we going to do now? It's on. That's not something that you, at that point, you're not going to the police for, are you? You're... Where we're from? Yeah. There's no police. Yeah. Police don't, in our world where we came from at that time, there's no police. Nobody talks to the police. You don't communicate mm. with the police. Yeah. There's the, the in, If you're in the streets, you're in the streets. You go by the laws of the streets. Mm. And the laws of the streets, a lot the streets govern themselves. Yeah. Okay. So you either play by them rules, or you don't play at all. Got you. Yeah. And for for me at that time, I went back and I told Marcus, I told all my all my guys like, yo, it's on. And just to tap back into Marcus quickly, mm -hmm. so people can understand and get a bit of a an understanding of how impactful this guy was in my life. There was a situation where my cousin Chazelle was having a, an argument with one of the older guys from Russia where originally I was from. And it was over money or something. And she's my cousin. And I, someone shouted me going, yo, Kane, obviously I was associated with Fallowfield. Now I'm in a little bit. I'm associated. I'm starting to become a little bit of a, bit of a bad boy now. I'm starting mm. to get this bad boy energy and I'm becoming a bit confident within myself. And, um, this guy was older, but he was arguing with my, with my cousin. So I've ran onto Parkside Road. <clears throat> and as I've run onto Parkside Road, I've seen this argument happening. And this guy's about to punch my, my, my cousin. So I'm like, yo, I'm saying, yo, I'm saying, Wayne, I'm saying it's not happening. Mm. But he would have done me. But I was defending my cousin. Yeah. Do you get me? And he was coming towards me, bro. And I swear he was about to stick it on me, right? And I just seen a hand come from nowhere. Whack. And he just went down to the floor. And I've seen his tooth crack come out of his mouth. Right. And he's fell on the floor, bang. And I've just looked to the side and it was Marcus. Where did he come from? Nowhere, bro. <laughs> sent from God. Yeah. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. He was sent from God, bro. Mm. He was sent. I was about to get knocked out. Yeah. Next thing, bang. Wayne's on the floor, teeth out his mouth. Marcus, don't ever fuck with my people. Right. That's my people. Come, Chazelle, get back. Kane, get back. And I'm like, wow, this guy. He's my everything at that mo moment. I ain't got no dad. Yeah. You know, I got two cousins, Fidel and that and I, but they wasn't on this this level. This is a different level now. And then where did things start getting really into crime? Because at this point, it sounds like it's it's obviously two people that don't like, two groups that don't like each other. But does it start getting worse? Does it start getting to the point of um, bad this crime? Is where, this is where now there was tit for tats now. Okay. So now it's back and forth. Mm -hmm. You know, after that happened to my friends, there was a retaliation from our side. Mm -hmm. And then there was a retaliation from their side and it was back and forth. What was the worst retaliation? At the time, probably houses getting smashed, mum's houses getting smashed to pieces, front doors getting kicked off, okay. running in houses, chasing, beating people up in their house at that time. Like you're talking chaos, mate. And like then... this is where war begun because once you run in someone's house, or smash a man's mum's house. Yeah. You're cutting him deep as a young boy. Your mum's house has been smashed. Now the pain starts to kick in. Now it's real pain, yeah. trauma. And this is where, you know, each side now becomes tighter and and it becomes, this is now your team. And then there was one time I was about, well, I'm, I'm like 17 now. Starting to get a bit of a name, chilling with the boys, getting girls. Yeah. Where where every day we get up, we're on the avenue, and we're just together smoking weed, chilling, rapping, um, dreaming, talking. But we're just together every day. 
weekends, parties, drugs, ecstasy, MDMA. Mm. The lot was going on. It was a crazy, crazy environment. Then we're around the older ones. So we'll be on an avenue and there'll be a hundred people. Bulletproof vests. Subaru Impressors, yeah. Corrado VR6s, Toyota Celicas, like big boy whips. And I'm I'm 16, 17 you these ages. You just learned to drive. Then, I'm, right? I, yeah, just about. And yeah. I, I'm just about, not. I'm driving stolen cars. And now I'm, we're becoming a we're becoming a team, and obviously there was one side. My my friends' uncles were one side, mm. and obviously notoriously you've got you you've got your Gooch and your Dodderton, mm -hmm. and my friends' uncles were that was the Gooch side, and the other side was the Dodderton side, and we were the youngers. I was the younger. My Marcus was my older, and then his uncles were his olders. Yeah, and that's just how it was. But from that at the top tier. Um, you're talking now. You're around. Now you're around. You're around killers, murderers, kidnappers, robbers. You're talking about guys that are on on operation for now. Guys that are now serving life for multiple murders. Right. Yeah. Guys that are now convicted killers that are serving life for multiple murders. Yeah, it can be looked up on YouTube. You can go and find it all. This is the environment I'm in. You're talking, I'm riding from my mum's house on a pedal bike. I'll ride onto the avenue and you turn on the avenue and there's 60, 70 people, 15 cars. Yeah, bulletproof vests, balaclavas on heads. So when you say war, that is actually... This is now, but we wasn't Gooch, we was Fallowfield and we always held our own in that respect. And um, yeah. Do you have regrets from that time? I did stuff that I'm not proud of okay. to fit in because it was more survival. You know, you either, you either did or you didn't. Yeah. And if you didn't, then you was down the, down the food chain. You'd lose the respect. You. you didn't get, well, you didn't get none. There wasn't nothing to, you just wouldn't get any whatsoever so you're the guy that goes to the shop and you wanted the you're the guy that goes to the shop mm. so unless you're putting in dirt you're going to the shop mm. it's that simple i've done bad things because i've thought that's what i had to do to put myself in a position to not be bullied yeah to be respected in you got to understand i am immersed now yeah in a culture that is been running rain over Manchester. Manchester was called Gunchester, you know? Yeah. Yeah? So Manchester was called Gunchester because there was so many murders in Manchester that it was renowned throughout the world as one of the murder capitals at the time, yeah. at that, that time. And I was involved in that. I was now a part of it. I've been hearing when I was in Rusholm, you know, I used to hear Gooch, and gangs, da 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 da. And I never even, you'd always just hear about them. You'd always hit, and it was like a, it was like, it was like an, a knight's tale, hearing it. You know, they were cool. Then you, one day you might just see a big car woof, come flying down the street, and someone would go, "Yo, that's them," and then they were just like, "These guys are like, honestly, bro, these guys are like action heroes," to where we're from. These mm. are big boys, you know. And next thing, bro, fast forward, I'm sixteen, seventeen, and I'm around them. 
And at this point, you're like now 17, 18, you're around murderers, you're around yep. like very bad things. Yeah. Your mother at this point, does she know now? Now it's getting it's getting real for mum. Okay. You know, mum's um, finding bulletproof vests under my bed. Okay. Kicking off. What's this doing in here? Why have you got this? Mm. You know, and at the time, I, I had to say like, I, I need it for my protection because now tit for tat shootings are happening. At the age of 18, I got an Osman warning by the police. Okay. Which basically was a warning that my life was in danger. Your life was in danger? Yeah, so the police, you get an Osman warning when your life's in danger. Because? When police get intelligence that somebody wants to kill you. Wow. Then, what happened then? Um, well, we used that as a as a method to get me out of my mum's house, and that's where my independence um, took another 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 leg. Is that with like your crew, your boys who are like, right, we need to get, we need to protect you now? Is that what the type of thing it was? Or? Now this is, that's just, you get an Osman warning because the police have got intelligence through somebody that your life is in danger. So we use that, me and my mum, and we use that as a catalyst for me. I went and lived in a hostel. Right, okay. So I went and stayed in a hostel for three to four months. Right. And then I was given an, uh, I was given a, a flat in Salford. Okay. And then I, I stayed in that flat in Salford. But now you're talking, I had been in a long-term relationship at this time um, with a girl that I loved. And the relationship with her was a little bit rocky. Um, and I ended up living in Salford. Mm -hmm. And this is where you're talking now. I'm 18, cage fighting started started. This is where the this case... where you start getting into your career now. So this is just before I moved to um yeah, let me crack one of these yeah. shout ferocity every time. <laughs> and I don't, yeah. and I'm actually I'm I am actually fasting, but you've you're making me what I taste it to. No, it's fine. Just tell me what it tastes like. It's um mm. tropical, yeah? Yeah. See I feel like it tastes like lilt. And I it does taste it. like lilt. Yeah. And it's not got like that. That caffeine hit. I hate mm. when you get that caffeine hit with it. Yeah, it's, it's very nice. It's 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 subtle. It's very addictive. And obviously, we're doing these podcasts now. And they've been here. I'm like, oh, I need yeah, a no, little it keeps sip. you boosted. Yeah, it keeps it you boosted. No. <laughs> so um, yeah. So we're kind of we're at a stage now where gang wars kicking off now. Mm. You're talking. We're going to carnival, and there's a hundred of us, a hundred and fifty of us. That's group. We're mentality. going out. Yeah. No. 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 Now it's serious. Now. Now. Now we're going out to nightclubs and we're pulling up and there's 25 cars. Yeah. You know, we're going to, we're going to raves out of town and there's a situation where Wiley was on the mic and Wiley's spitting on the mic and he's talking about, it's Wiley and I'm getting him hyper, get him dirty like a baby diaper, pull up on the rhythm, I'm a lyrical sniper, all oh, but our boys on a fascia lighter. And then someone from our side, mate, you're talking Mac 10's being sprayed in the club, in the in the air. Craziness, mate. What? I mean, how does that even happen? Craziness. People that, that come associated or be around, these are the type of things that are happening right. in these clubs, you know, people doing crazy stuff, bro. This is, that's, that is, that is the, the level of the type of people we're, we're talking about a certain a certain dominance but this is on a whole new level now that's like something you see on netflix as in like a peaky blinders kind yeah of thing, no th this is this is on a whole new level now this is where people spraying matt tens in the air 
to let people know like we're here. And does that did that ever scare you at any point? No. Did, and then did you ever Not at that age. Not at that age. That was that was that was fuel to my fire. That was me running around like a madman, like, yeah. Your this feet. is this is what we are. I'm gone at this point, bro. At this point I am gone. When I say gone, I mean I am gone. You're I, just part of this. Cycle. I am just this this culture of gang war, yeah. chaos, murder, killings, kidnaps, yeah. drugs, parties, and that, girls. It, mate, yeah. I'm talking a powerful environment and all I've knew is I need to belong to something because my father was never there to show me the ropes. And this is a group of alpha males, mm. all good looking, strong in the gym, mixed race, black, white, Asian, Pakistan, with mix of everything, bro. We was, it was a mad setting. And that's why I'm so multiculturally diverse with so many different race. I don't ever see race, I don't, I don't, it doesn't exist. I've got white family, everything. So, yeah. you know, it was this time now, it was heavy. And this is where, you know, I did certain things to assert my my position. When you say certain things. It could be anything, mate. It could be fighting. It could be, you know, stepping up and doing things that, that need to be done at certain times, you know, that, that are going to kind of support the team and not let people, show people our strength. Yeah. You know, I was now becoming a frontline soldier um, and I was embracing it, you know. There'd be times when I get caught slipping. We call it slipping. There'd be times when I get caught slipping. I'd be walking down Princess Parkway and I'd hear a car screech, and I'd hear, "Wow, come here now!" And I'd have to run. And it's it's the other side coming to chase me. And I'm jumping over fences, hiding behind gates. And I go back to the avenue. I'm like, "Right, they'll just come for me then." And it's like, "Right, come round up the troops, and we're back over." Yeah. And it's tit for tat, and that's that's just how it that's how it became. And I was I was invincible. I was in, I was invincible, mate. You're talking, you're talking shootouts happening, bullets flying past your head. Yeah. Bullets are flying, and you're like, yeah, what? Running, chip, chipping off, bullets flying past, and when you know, like, you'll probably hear a clip empty or something, yeah. and then pop, 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 or if it's a revolver, mm. or no, probably eight shots, pop, pop, whatever. And when you know it's done, then it's like, wow, what? And then you stop, and then you give it the big spuds again. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying to you? It was. Like, honestly, brother, I can't, I can't, I can't. This is why I try and tell people when I'm explaining to the younger generation and I'm telling them, listen, guys, I have been through more than you will ever understand. I've seen things that you will never in your wildest dreams even see. Yeah. And I'm trying to tell you is when I'm speaking to you and telling you that it's the wrong path, it's the wrong way. Yeah. I'm trying to explain to you that I've been through it and I've seen it for what it was. Yeah. So was MMA almost your escapism out of this? Well, it became my escapism. Okay. Um, one night I was in a club and I seen my seen my mate Ashley Smith, and um, everyone was telling me he was doing his cage fighting. So I'm like, Yo, what's going on? And he was like, Yeah, I'm, I'm doing cage fighting, bro. And I was like, Yeah. He's like, Um. I was like, show me, and he's had it on his phone, and he's just in the cage, and he's got some guy on the floor, and he's just elbowing him, bang, bang. And I was like, yo, I need to do that. Um, it's almost like a controlled environment from the world you're in. Yeah, it was, it was, when I seen, but it's once again, now you see, once again, 
now I'm 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 the MC and the nights they've stopped now. We're we're getting older. We're too we're yeah. immersed in this street gang. We're not we are still going to raves though and doing all that. But this was now another where Ash is the same age as me. So mm. I didn't I didn't idolize him, but I respected what he was doing. I seen that as something that I wanted again. So you see when I come in and I seen Marcus on the mic. Mm. Now I'm seeing Ashley in the cage and I'm like, whoa, that's yeah. that's where, and I could see everyone cheering that. And everyone's like, yo, Ashley's fighting. I said, yeah, I want some of that. And that situation when I seen Ashley in the cage, I thought, okay, that's gonna, that's gonna level me up. Mm. So now I'm gonna be that person, but in my environment. So now I'm not gonna have to run when I get caught. I'm mm. gonna stop and I can fight. I'm so sorry to pause this podcast, but I wanted to take a moment to tell you about Fiosti's most hard-hitting energy drink, Champion. If you have a winning mindset, that tropical flavour helps you stay focused and alert in fighting your everyday challenges. It's available now at fiosti.co.uk. Back to the show. So then I started training and I'd get my ass kicked. I'd go there, I'd get my... F when I say my ass kicked, I'd get smashed in my face. These guys were just old school, catch wrestling, um, basic boxing, teeth missing black eyes bald and i go into this church and it's like all right get in quick warm up right gloves on on your knees punch 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 until ground and pound and it was just mate i'll go home and my face is black my eyes are blue and i'm like whoa i'm looking in the mirror and my mum's like what, what, what are you doing with this and i'm like nah mm. i love it you know, I love. It's, it's wild, that isn't it? When you you say you say that, you're like, yeah, I love being it. You're being battered. You're being brute, beatly brute, and you love. Even to this day, bro, I love. Yeah. I love getting a black eye. I love getting smashed in the face. I I can't. I don't know if it's. It might go back to when my mum had to put me in line, put me yeah. in check. You know, I've been arrested for telling the police to f off <laughs> and bring the police bring me back to the house. And my mum's like, oh, he yeah. told you to f off, did he? Mm. Okay, officer, no problem. You come here, Kane. See you later, officer. Vroom. When Wank. that door shuts, mate, I'm telling you, Satan's turning round. Yeah. She might as well, hair might as well lit up with fire. Yeah. You get it. Bap, 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 bap. And I would, uh, but you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm being naughty. I'm being a delinquent at that time. There's no father in. She has to put me in check. I'm a, I'm, I'm a young, boisterous boy. And I feel like in the fighting, I was able to deal with this hits because I've been getting, I've been getting disciplined yeah. off my mother in, in the past. So you guys hitting me ain't really, yeah. it hurts and that, but I've been, listen, I've been there, bro. So from school to college, she would make sure you are not living in this house unless you go college. Right. So I had to go college as a gang member. How, what's that mean? So I'm a gang member in college. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm different to everybody else. Yeah. I bring a different aura. I'm, I, I'm in college sat in a class learning um, leisure and tourism. Yeah. But I've just probably been either in in the midst of a shootout or... You just, college is just something you've got to do. I, I've got to do home. it for mum. Yeah. And this way it always goes back. Everything is for mum to make mum proud because mum done everything for me. Yeah. In that, because you got to understand is that's this street life i can't get out of this now mum yeah do you understand like this is me i'm not going anywhere now yeah. if we, where we, we're not moving do you at the same time when you say you can't get out of that would you reckon that was just your no it's because mindset? it's because i'm now associated to this gang but, so if i leave the yeah. gang then i'm i'm vulnerable oh because the other team want you the other team are on me bro and it's not that i didn't want to leave mm. yeah are you forgetting i'm saying 
drinks, girls, yeah. drugs, clubs, hype, yeah. all of this, bro. I'm talking, we will go in a club and there will be 50 of us in there smoking weed, getting all the girls, taking them back to after parties. From there, I get myself a little a little nice one from the club and I, I might slide home with her and, you know, I have a good night. So yeah. this is this is the culture. But in terms of the college, I had to kind of still go to college. You know, one day I was, okay, so this is where we go. So one day I was in the food shop on Wimsor Road and I was having a takeaway. And then with all my Asian brothers at the time, I had a lot of um, Pakistani friends, loads, and um, I embraced Islam. I reverted to Islam when I was 16. So I'm chilling with my boys now. Um, And we've had some food and I was driving my own car. because I was doing a bit of drug dealing at the time and I had my own car, a Mitsubishi 323 Mazda. No No insurance, no license. And I'm just driving to college every day. But I'm heavily immersed, yeah? One day I'm driving into the into out of the on Wimsor Road. I'm driving onto towards the college, and as I'm driving towards the college, I've seen about five guys ballad up. Yo, there he is. There's my man. Straight away I thought, right, it's them. So I had to hug round, go round the back of the um, college. Yeah. And when I've gone round the back of the college, I've come, got out my car, tried to jump over the wall. My friend Saad, never forget it. Saad's coming. Yo, go, go, bro. They've got a gun on them. You need to go. So this is like the, the this is at college, right? This is at college, but yeah. it was weird because even though people seen it, I didn't actually. I don't think it actually got addressed by anyone. Anyone in college, so I had to run and go and hide behind a bin. I'm in a back garden. Mm. I'm on the phone, yo, phoning my boys like, yo, these men have come to get me. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, so they were like, yeah, yeah, stay there. We're coming now. So obviously, I'm staying in the back garden now because obviously my boys sad told me that they've got a gun. They've come for me. Yeah. This is at college, bro. And then this is that, that when the police had like issued that. No, this is this was before. Right, okay, good. So, what was the turning point? As in, because from everything I've seen, you, obviously, you, we get, we're so close to this point now, I imagine, where you get, get you get to prison. Yeah. Um, but was there a turning point before that? Was it like, MMA is going to be my thing? Or was it until that point, you was literally going, now MMA is still my way to make it in the M- world MMA MMA more. at this point now when I started to I had a fight I lost a fight I called all my friends down they asked me do you want to fight I'd only been training six months called all my friends down all my mates from everywhere all the boys arm robbers I was now mixing with guys from out of the area mm. I was always good at adapting so I had mates from Salford mates from Wivenshaw mates from Middleton and they were all my mates because I was like I would now at this point I'd start to detach a bit from the gang and okay. go and do my own thing Yeah, and start mixing with different people when I'm out in clubs I'd always like network and if the gang's over there I might if we're all over there I might start chatting to these guys from this area Yeah, before you know I took the number I've got friends in Salford I've got yeah. friends in Middleton I've got all these friends now so you know things started to change a little bit for me but I was still doing the MMA mm-hmm. so then when I have a fight now I don't just have my, the boys from my, my area coming I have everyone from everywhere coming now mm-hmm. because I'm a I'm a social butterfly <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> if, if if that's if you no, know, I get it. Every, I'm a social Dude, butterfly. Look, look at the way you came into this room today. You are you're such a friendly persona, and you Thank know you, I think that's what really is crazy because all the stories that you're telling me is if you pitch this on a newspaper front or you pitch this in the media, they're fucking scary. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like you're yeah. talking killings, kidnappings, shootouts, robbed cars, like going into people's houses and beating up 
families I imagine sometimes and people well not it would never be and it would we would, it would never just be the boy oh we would never touch okay. family members okay it would only be um gang members if it was a situation where right. it would only be uh, never never well, we'd never do that was a us. weird little thing that we had it would even though houses would get smashed and stuff no one would ever touch like your mum okay. your sisters nothing it was only you that's the rules of the street rules of ah so other, street, other, other areas, other gangs, other situations have got different rules. Okay. But for us, parents, sisters, siblings, it's they're, they're, they're civilians to okay. us at that time. So, and then just bring moving the, the story on, because obviously this has been so insightful, but I feel like we've, we've, we've got that picture now. Yeah. You've got that, that young Kane. Yeah. You've got the, the kid that wanted that father figure, that role yeah. model. You've, you've got it. You've, you found um, oh, Marcus. Yeah, I've been with... So if uh, we, uh, to be fair with you, sorry, I I actually forgot. Marcus got shot dead when I was um, I can't believe it. Marcus died when I was sixteen. Okay, before we move on, like, how did that? happen? Yeah, so basically, um, Marcus, there was an altercation where Marcus came, um, came to defend his brother. His brother was involved in an altercation. His little brother, Marcus, came to defend his little brother. Um, and a shot was fired that ricocheted off the floor and hit him in his belly. Um, I was set 16 at the time, 16 and a half, nearly 17. Um, I got a phone call and they were like, Marcus has been shot. And then within 30 minutes, we all went to the hospital and his mum came out and she said he's dead. How was that for you? Like That was... That was one of the worst. That was one of the worst moments of my life. At that point, I always thought he was just going to be with me forever. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. It's okay. No, it's good, man. It was, it was a situation where I had to now understand that Marcus is no longer here. And I fell into the leadership position for the team. I started to develop into the leader. Started to take that role, even though I had other olders that were around me. They were strong. They were they were in, 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 a, in a bigger position than me, but I just had more qualities that Marcus had because I had learned from him so much. He was your brother, you. And... Um, I just started to own the position of I'm going to be the one that will stand strong with my team because I had a strong team. I'm going to stand strong and I'm going to represent the team all the way to the full, which led to me now being um, put under operation by the police. The police identified me as a, a pivotal um, member, member of, the, of, of the gang and um, I was... I was under operation and um, I was also cage fighting at this time. I'd moved to Wolf's Lair. I was training with Michael Bisping, Rampage Jackson. And um, yeah, things were moving good in the fight game. Um, and I had a fight in, in Nottingham against a guy called Farid Mohammed. I was 18, he was 27. He was a big, big, big guy. I was, I was, I was putting that fight to lose and I destroyed him. Um, 
we just stood in the middle of the cage and just beat the shit out of each other for 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 rounds until the fight was done and I won, I destroyed him. I, he had a big black eye, I need him, I clinched him, I stood in the pocket with him and I just traded. Yeah. Um, and it, that fight was when Paul Kelly, who was also in the UFC, came to me and said, listen, lad, I'll never forget, he said, you're going to be a world champion, lad. Yeah. <laughs> in his Scouse accent. <laughs> <laughs> and then prison happened. And then prison happened because after my my fight three days after I had the second fight with Andy McGurgan um, was when we was caught in possession of a firearm. And that situation just came from nowhere in terms of we were sat in the car, we had the firearm in front of us um, and the police just pulled up from nowhere, smashed through the windows, dragged me out the car and now I'm face flat on the floor. Now it's reality. Now it's reality. Now, and the crazy thing is I actually had a dream that I got caught with a gun. I actually had a dream probably about six, three, four months before I got caught. And now I'm on the floor face down, police everywhere. And I just did this mad thing. I just closed my eyes and just think, I was like, I'm dreaming, I'm dreaming, I'm dreaming. And I tried to pull myself back to that time when I had the dream and then I opened my eyes and it's like, whoa, <laughs> no boy, Everything's you ain't dreaming. You, 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 in, you in the trenches, right? You're in the trenches now. Well, at that point, I imagine all well, that lifestyle that you've lived, you felt invincible, but it's been catching. It's, yeah, been, coming it's, it's been coming up the for me. The chances of something like that happening was yeah, always going to. And this to... is why I always say to people that if you consistently do something there's a high percentage of, of if you do good, there's a high if you work hard, there's a high percentage that you're gonna be successful. If you do bad, there's a high percentage that you're either gonna get arrested, you're gonna get killed, you're gonna some negative that you're feeding into negativity is gonna come around. And this was my time. Yeah. Because at that point in my life, I was feeding into the negativity. So it was gonna it was gonna come. You was adding to it. I was adding day. to it, compounding, um, compounding, compounding. I, and I added to it. And I was arrested. Yeah. Now I'm on remand. What's that mean? Now I'm held in, well, I went to the police station mm -hmm. and me thinking Kane's always going to be all right. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to jail. They've come and gone, yeah, yeah, you're getting remanded. You're going to prison until this, um, until you're hearing. And I'm like, this is three days after my, after my pro debut, um, um, second fight um, at, in Liverpool. You've just been on the world high. Like, the I'm biggest making... high, bro. Like, I've got a platinum chain now. You know, I had a fresh grey um, mm. Reebok tracksuit. It was a bad boy. I had the grey Reebok to match it. Yeah. Adidas grey tracksuit, actually, with the Reeboks. It was a sick fit. I had, you know, <laughs> I had the, it was like a, a steel grey um, with a platinum chain. Yeah. Just won the fight. Everyone was gassing me up. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you feel no, like I was invincible. Again. I was rolling with my boy. We had the my boy had the um Vauxhall Astra VXR, mm. brand new, fresh off the off the off the drive. They were the car. No, we time. we this is <laughs> but now I'm like now I'm now I'm like yeah. 1920 now. That moment you remanded, yep. life's heart like life's just caught up real fast. That yep. concrete's hit. And now you go into prison. Was that the the turning point? The turning point was when I was in prison, I was still in my mind going to be fully associated with the gang. Okay. Even though I was still, I knew because my career had been 
taken from me now, but Thank I still God. was like, I'm still Falafel, I'm still with the team, I'm still part of it, but now I'm, now I'm in prison. And then there was a conversation whilst I was in prison amongst being around the killers and all this crazy stuff that was going on. And there was a guy who sat with me and he basically was like 51 years of age. He was a, a scouser and he'd been arrested for big drugs conspiracy. Mm -hmm. And he basically said to me, look, I sat with him. Once again, I always yearn for knowledge of people. I sat with him and he said, look, the game's up. He said, this is in prison. This is in prison. He said to me, he said, I've been, I've been, going since I, I've never been arrested I've been going since I was 21 he said I own multiple properties I own a security firm I own a taxi firm and it's all being taken off me and when he sat down and analysed him and spoke with him I knew how, I could tell how articulate he was how switched on he was and I'm thinking I'm just some street kid from from Fallowfield I'm not even thinking nowhere near this guy was like a mafia type of mentality yeah. how he run his operation at that point I thought you're not equipped for this Kane mm. like it's too much and he still got caught. Look like, at his mentality. This guy is switched on. Switched on. And he still got caught. And it just went bing. That was a light bulb. And then I was like, right, how do I get out of here? And when I first got arrested, I, I went into my probation. When I was in Strange Ways, my probation come in. I said, I said, Joanne, I said, I can't do this. I said, I can't do four and a half years. Yeah? Because I got sentenced. I went on trial. I got sentenced. I got four and a half. I got nine years, do four and a half years. Um, and I said to Joanne, I said, listen, I can't do this sentence. She went, mate, you're doing four and a half years. You've just been caught with a gun. Possession of a firearm with intent to endanger life. You're not getting out of here before you're four and a half years. Sat there, went back to the room and I, in the sun, I was thinking, wow, you've done it. Lost my relationship. Even though my girlfriend was there, she stayed with me. She sent me a picture of my name tattooed on her. Gave, filled me that. You know, I see guys going crazy in jail because the girlfriends are not reassuring them, giving them. I always had that safety net, you know. And you knew, like, she was there. She was there, you know. And, and, and she was similar to my mum, the girl that I got, you yeah. know, and she helped me mentally stay grounded. And then what happened was I went to a BCAT prison and then the legislation changed and the legislation was, we are now giving BCAT category prisoners the opportunity to become a DCAT prisoner I'm two years six months into my sentence and I've gone what someone shouted out the window yo Kane you can get a DCAT you know bro and I've gone yo god this is why there's a chance I, I got blessed on my arm I, yeah. I you know because I believe that I'm blessed and I will hold this to yeah. this day and for people who don't know because you describe the different categories so like you got category A which is your murderers and um, like high level high profile drug dealers murderers kidnappers mm -hmm. like high level armed robbers they go to category A they're the top of the top they're on 23 hour lockdown they're in dispersals um, it's dangerous in there, you know, there's yeah. a lot of murders um, murders that happen in there. You won't hear about it because it's in prison, but murders, stabbings all the time, mm. category A. Category B is where category A is come down to or people who get arrested for things like um, armed robbery, but on a lower scale, not as yeah. high profile drug, conspiracy drugs. Is that where you were? I was in the B category. So he's close. I was close, yeah, I was close. But I wasn't A cat, yeah? yeah. So then they gave me, I heard that this... Um, opportunity to get DCAT came out. So I was like, whoa. So straight away, I went to the prison officers. I always maintained a great relationship with the prison officers. Always spoke to them well, always well-mannered. Um, Snotty Nose Kane was coming out. Snotty Nose Kane just came right back. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? Adaptability. B 
being able to function for this way my frequency connectivity start understanding started to come into play and i was like okay uh, how do i get this how do i get this uh decat they said well you need to do all your courses so i went every course signed up for all of them conflict management stress management victim awareness and this is where the transition of not being a criminal started to really kick in because i started to do the courses and i actually started to learn that do the work that there's actually victims to when you're robbing somebody or stealing off somebody or doing there's a victim mm. someone has to feel pain someone feels stress and it was victim awareness course that made me realize that whoa what have i been doing these courses really started to impact me because I really wanted to get my DCAT. So I really started to delve in because I wanted these people to understand that I am taking this serious because yeah. I want to get out of here. Yeah. I don't want to be in a BCAT. I don't want to do four and a half years without seeing my friends, my family, my loved ones, my girlfriend yeah. and my fight career because I never stopped Give I never gave up on, I will come out and I will be a professional fighter again. You've almost got a new goal. This is a new leaf, but think about it. So this is why I say Alhamdulillah. God is all praise be to God, you know, and God is great mm. because I said, I will get my decat and everyone laughed at me. Everyone from, everyone that was on the way, shut up, man. Decat, just ride your bird. <laughs> just ride your bird, man. Not Chill out, man. Rest, Stop no. begging to get out, man. Just do your bid. It was banter, innit? Like, yeah. do, your, do your dirt, man. And also was, at the same time, those messages can sometimes go in. They had gone in earlier life. Yeah, of course. But this time now, remember, like, I, I just knew something in me, knew I couldn't do four and a half years. Next thing, bro, bang. Shh. I'll never forget that sound. Shh. That's the letter under my door saying, congratulations, Kane. You are now a category D prisoner. You will be going to Sudbury um, prison yep. in, in 28 days. You will then be allocated home visits and town visits. So you'd, you'd, you'd put in that work and you'd had the reward. So I believe in manifestation, self-belief, mm. visualisation, because I got it. Yeah. And it was probably, not not necessarily the first time in life, but for a first time in a long time, she'd gone in such a, yeah. a an echo chamber, which just kept growing and growing this this bad side of, of Cain. Yeah. You'd put in work into something that was better to good learning yeah. and you'd someone would give you the reward. If you it, do good you'll be rewarded. Mm. And just quickly, what was prison like? Prison was, prison was the most toxic environment, but at the same time, it was fun. Okay. Because That's you, a strange sentence. Yeah, because you've got to understand that there is people that are stressed, broke, hungry, um, horrible bullies, Killers, once again, when I say killers, remember, I don't always mean people that have killed people. Like animalistic. I mean animalistic, people who are bullies that will come and just grab someone, take him into the pad. Mm. If he hears you've got weed and you've had weed given in on in a visit, you're getting taken into that pad. You get If you don't give it over, you're getting battered. Because he wants it. Because he wants it. If you've got a phone up your ass. Yeah. And you're not giving your phone. You're getting a spoon up your ass. That mentality before you went into prison. I want it. So I'm gonna go get it. This is this is what this is what prison's like now. But remember, I'm not the bully. Mm. So when situations occur like that, I'm now saying, "Yo, leave my man, bro." Well, what was the worst thing you seen in prison? Someone gets stabbed in his face with a plastic, with a plastic pen, and the pen was ha the plastic was hanging out of his mouth. 
What was that for? Not paying his 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 debt for his for his heroin and for his crack cocaine. So it wasn't a nice place. No, it was it was the it's the bottom of the earth, mate. It's the trenches. It's it's but you know nothing like that ever happened or could happen to me in in that specific time in prison because of the way I manoeuvred and because of the um, contributing factors of other people from Manchester coming together and there was about yeah. there was a lot of us on the wing at the time. So to a kid that's fifteen right now or seventeen right now and like you said before he was just a traumatized kid that's in this life they can't see another direction they've not got a role model what advice would you give them like how would they come out of that life and not have to go to prison for four and a half years what is it you'd say to them what is it you'd want to say the reality is you have to understand the consequence once you understand the consequence that it will be your life that will be taken it will be your family that will miss you. It will be your mum that's raised you. It will be everyone that you love are going to suffer. Yeah, I have been able to navigate through this situation and turn it round. You know, I've got one of the biggest brands in the UK. Mm -hmm. I've, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm one of the biggest name fighters in the UK. And I did this through adversity, but I got I got lucky. I'm 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 the lucky one. But not everyone's lucky. Not, I'm the I'm the only one that I know has come through a path like this. To get to this point, there's not there is others that have turned their lives around and 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 been. But there is a lot. I speak to my friends on the prison phone now. They're 37, 38. They've got 10 years to serve, and they just say to me, "Bro, I wish I stopped. Mm. I wish I didn't do it." And these are the baddest man. These are the biggest man. And this is why our generation is trying to educate you guys and 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 explain to you guys that there is a way out. The opportunities that are in front of you guys now, because young men just want to assert themselves. Young men just want to get their position. They want the respect. Okay, there is so many opportunities to go and get your respect. You can be a boxer. You can be a fighter. You can be a rapper. You can be an entrepreneur. You can be a worker. You can do anything now this day and age. There is so many fields that you can assert your ability and strength in to demonstrate mm. to people to get respect. Understand that you are in a great time right now with everything that's going on, social media, businesses, education from YouTube. Like you've got it at your fingertips. Don't waste your life. Trust me, trying to be the baddest man in the room because I've seen the baddest man in the room cry. I've seen the baddest man in the room regret every single move that he made. And I'm telling you right now, from me to them guys, to you guys, to you guys, that life, it will be the end of you. It will be the end of you. Because even though being a bad boy and everything's cool, when you get become a man, Right? Being a bad boy is about looking after your family. Being a bad boy is about raising your children. Being a bad boy is about demonstrating to the younger generation that this is the right path. I, I, honestly, that as a statement, I don't think you could I'd say anything else. You, I think man. that summarised literally your entire journey and almost like the destination of where you've got to because you have had an incredible career since you've left. Yeah, of course. Because like... The amount of wins you're having, the stage you're yeah, putting yourself on. we've been fighting on. in the world stage, you know. I've fought around the world. I've travelled. I've been to, I've fought in 
Paris, I've fought in Milan, mm. you know, I've fought in Birmingham, London, all the top arenas, you know, I've become one of the biggest names. I've yeah. also got my brand. We've been in Foot Asylum, we've been in all these major retailers and, you know, we're here, man. And and a boy from Fallowfield at one point, you would never ever have dreamt that that's possible. Always believed I was going to be somebody. Mm. I just didn't know what. Yeah. And that was maybe where the path didn't go because there was nothing that you could grab hold to. Nothing I could grab hold to. And this is why I'm saying for the younger generation, you guys can see there's so many avenues. Mm. Just sit down, chill. Go around your friends who are creatives. Go around your friends who are business-minded. Go around your friends who are talking positive and not bringing you into a negative aura because once you feed into negativity, negativity will become you yeah. and you will become that. And, and tell me about Badder, because obviously when you, yes. you were just saying that a second ago, you kept, you kept saying lines like you was being a bad boy, being a bad boy is literally about being there for your family, it's being there for um, your, yourself. You know, Go it's, on. It's, it's, Badder for me is a representation of a fighter's spirit. Yeah. It's about being a dangerous rival in life. Mm. Always, you, you've, you've just heard my story, we fight, we defend ourselves. And we always gun to be number one. We mm. always work to be number one. And that is what it is. Not always are we going to make it. Not always are we going to get that win that we want there and then. But we never quit. Mm. We never back down. And if we are not number one, make sure number one knows that we're very close. We're always mm. on his tail. And if he slips at any point, we'll be there. Yeah. And and it's it's grown r ridiculously. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, tell me how Badder actually started before we come to a close. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. So, so basically, Badder, I was um, I was approached by my. He's not now. I had a business partner who created a big brand. Um, he came to me, he seen me on social media, and he approached me and just said, "Look, I want to, you know, I want to work with you. You know, I like what you stand for. I love your ethos, your positivity. You, you're a fighter, mm. um, and I want to sit with you and come come up with something because I like your fashion sense at the time. And I said, okay, um, let's sit down. And you know, he was a creative, and he, we sat down and we went back and forth about ideas. And he was similar similar to yourself in a way okay. of being able to pull things out. And he was like, tell me some stuff about you back in the day and. Like, where are you from? And I was like, yeah, it was all just power out being a bad boy and, you know, being like, being like a bad man and rare, rare, rare. And like, and he was like, bad man. He was like, he was like yeah, go on. So would you, like, I was like, yeah, it was always badder than, and he went, ah, badder. Hey, that's the... And, it, and then he went, what do you think about badder? And I was like, yeah, badder. And then we sat down and we looked online and the battle of badder came up. Hence what you're speaking Battle about, of yeah. Badr is the most um, famous Islamic war. The Battle of Badr, I think it was 300 against 1100. And they and they won that war based on formation. The 300. Yes, yeah, won the war based on the formation. Mm. And, you know, it was the Battle of Badr and being a bad man and, and, and being a dangerous rival. The synergy just connected and I don't forget, I embraced and reverted to Islam. Yep. So it all just made sense. It was, it just came together, and then we we created it and we put it out to the people, and everyone just loved it. 
honestly, mate, it just exploded and everybody loved it. Everyone was like, they were bought into what the the meaning, the the attitude that mm. we gave with the brand and the styles, and it just came together. Because it's got one hell of a following online now as well, right? Yeah, we got a, we got a, a loyal following. We just, um, you know, we just did a pop up shop in Trafford Centre. Well, it was in the Trafford Palazzo side. Was that when Jordan McCann was handing out? Jordan was in there, <laughs> madman, knocking people out after yeah. they bought stuff. But yeah, Jordan was there and Tommy Fury, shout out to Tommy. Yep. He came along. Tommy came down, Darren Till came down, Brendan came down. We had a load of, you know, celebrities and friends of mine and people that support. We had a lot of local support. People from around the country mm. came down and it was just a great environment for the first time in five, five and a half years the brand's been that we was able to get everyone together and we actually launched the 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 face of Bado. well honestly yeah i think something like the story that's like this if you paint that news article you know from the, the starting of your life yeah the guy who gets arrested age 23 i'm not saying those actions or anything that was done in that time is good no of course but when you paint that picture it's like you don't see a future no. You know, like, that's a very, like, one-way street to, like, prison. Prison. A lifelong sentence there. Bad things, unforgivable Coming out, actions. depression, lack of achievement. But what is so great about this conversation is hearing that, that transition and showing that it is possible. And everyone's ordinary is different. And mm -hmm. as well, like, circumstances are different. You could be uh, a kid that's from the streets and your circumstance and your ordinary it's very hard to see outside that circle. And it's very Definitely. easy for someone with a different ordinary that might be very privileged and, and it's handed on a place. Like, no, that's really bad because reality is school's there. They've got that father figure, they're teaching, and it's just a different world. It's a different ordinary. Um, but hearing you go through that and recognize that past and go, no, I don't want to be here anymore. Because as well, I imagine that like that backboard logs up and you think, I can't change now. No, I can't. But you've faced it, and you have. And it's honestly so inspiring to hear, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's many of you people that's going to listen to this that might be in a similar situation. It's their ordinary. And um, hopefully it helps to kickstart a, a change. And this is why I always say, like, for me now, it's all about the give back, mm. helping to motivate and inspire other people. Um, and this is a path that I'm that I'm very passionate about. And whatever I can do along the, along the road to you know still achieving my goals that I have set, I will do everything I can within my power to help. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Power thank you on, for man. having it's me. It's an absolute pleasure. On the ferocity. Yep. You know it. The Cheers. champion can. You have literally became a champion. Here we are. Cheers. Um. You are you are you fasting at the moment? Do you say? Yeah. So I'm currently fasting at the moment. I'm yeah. doing um. Intermittent fasting, so okay. I'm doing 16-hour fast. Yeah. Only because, we, we when when did you say your fast periods are from? What time? From from um, one till nine. But obviously, I've come on here. You guys okay. have got me. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have got me. Because we do have protein bars, right? Would you be interested in a protein bar? I will do anything <laughs> to support the team. Oh, okay. Yeah. So let let's sick, let's sick. give the, let's give these protein bars a taste and let's see what they're saying. Because they're, they're new protein bars, you see. Okay. And uh, there's two flavors. Have okay. Been recently released. Which is the favorite? Which is the the fan favorite? Well, it's it's to be honest, it's quite a tie at the moment. We have a caramel and we have okay. a brownie flavor. Okay. So I want you to, to taste these 
and tell me what your honest thoughts are. Okay. And be brutally honest. I will do. Yeah. Don't worry about that. I'll yeah. keep it. I'll keep it one hundred. Okay. Let me. What are we saying? Textures, feelings. You were confident, weren't you? <laughs> you were confident, the weren't you? Good. The taste good. Listen, you're talking to a man who has cut weight multiple times. Yeah. So I go on to protein bars when I get closer to the fight. Mm. Honestly, soft, tasteful. The the amount of like the protein bar itself, the protein um, whey, it doesn't feel too heavy. Yeah. Very nice. 1.9 gram of sugar. Not this. Okay, let's go again. <laughs> let's go again. So which one's this one? This is the, now I am on the caramel. Caramel. Caramel power, yeah? Now, I don't want to influence you, but this has been a full. <laughs> Listen. Listen. Mm-hmm. Listen, I'm not even just saying it, yeah? And people are going to know, right? I'm yeah. telling you now, right? So understand, I don't say things just to say things, bro, yeah? Because one day someone's going to taste it and they're going to think, oh, Kim is talking. Is this is one of the most, this is the best, if not one of the best I have ever tasted. Wow. We'll no, listen, these ferocity bars, I'm telling you right now, Mm. top notch we'll give we'll give you a box we'll give you a amazing. box amazing there you go thank you for listening and if you're enjoying these episodes let us know by subscribing to whichever channel you're listening through it makes a huge difference and allows us to grow and bring you better content thanks for listening yeah,